Aloha, and welcome to another Candid Conversation. Today, we're joined by Floyd Jerkin, who's got a rich and varied history across distribution in automotive and agriculture and construction, a, a, a broad range of industries within the capital goods space. Uh, today, we'd like to talk about the evolution of business ownership and the challenges that owners face. Um, good morning, Floyd. Good to have you with us. Uh, thank you, Ron. Good to be here with you. It, um, it is kind of interesting how you and I have had discussions about the fact that owners of dealers, wholesalers, that's a very lonely place. They haven't got anybody to talk with or talk to or who, who helps oh. them. What, what have you experienced over your career in dealing with owners? What, what are some of the challenges that they face and are confronted by? Well, I, you know, I think part of that is dependent on where their business cycle is at. You know, um, some of these that are succession based where they've come up through the, you know, they start working in the shop, you know, when they were a young kid and dad's running the store, you know, that's how they learn. They learn from dad, you know, well, how did dad learn? Well, dad probably never went to school and got a business degree, but you know, he was probably a good salesperson, you know, and that's how he learned the business. And then he got into ownership. And then, of course, as he grew the business, you know, he wanted son to take over, you know, especially in the equipment side, Ron, you, you didn't see years ago, you didn't see women taking over dealerships. I mean, that just was, you know, just unheard of. So, and then, you know, consolidation, you know, has been a, a big push in, in many of these verticals, automotive certainly is, I think, a couple steps ahead of the equipment side in terms of consolidating dealerships in local and regional areas. You know, we were just talking before, you know, uh, this recording this that, um, you know, in the automotive side, it used to be there was a Ford dealer on the corner. There was a Chrysler dealer on the other corner, a Dodge dealer. And, you know, that was the, the dealerships, you know, in town. And when you look today, you can see that, you know, ownership groups are primarily made of, of all brands. And the manufacturers really had to begin to allow that because the while the capital may have been there to allow acquisitions to occur, the operational skills, the, the insights necessary to run dated operations wasn't. So if somebody was good at running a Ford store, they could be good at running a GM store. But, you know, outside hedge funds making these purchases, you know, as we said, they depend so much on the, the operational insights. But if those aren't there, well, there's failure, you know, and, and that's that's happening in the equipment side, I think, uh, on a fairly rapid basis that, you know, there's single store, single owner, and then there's single store, multi-store, and then you move into multi-owner, multi-stores, and then you move into IPOs and, and expands from there. But so for that dealer owner, that's a, a single store. I mean, those competencies are, can you sell a piece of equipment? <laughs> you know, uh, do you stock the soda machine? Do you, you know, can you repair something? You know, that's usually the competencies. But, you know, when you go through consolidation and you end up at, you know, 10 store complex, 450 employees, I mean, if that owner's out there changing a the tire, oh my gosh, I mean, Houston, we have a problem. 
So those stages of consolidation, you know, moving through uh, acquisition, mergers, you know, that changes the competencies of the owner group. And uh, I do agree that owner has a tough time. You know, they really do, because who do they talk to? You know, who do they share their innermost fears and secrets? You know, from leadership training, you know, they're not supposed to share their fears to their subordinates. You know, that's, that's, you know, you just don't do that. You know, I mean, you've got to be strong and show vision and leadership. And well, the reality is, you know, these owners are, you know, me too. I mean, I'm just a person, you know, I'm just a man and every owner is the same thing. And, you know, they and, sometimes and, and, get labeled, you know. It's, it's interesting. Never let them see you sweat. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Doesn't matter whether everything's good or terrible. You got to be the same. You got to be consistent. Otherwise, you scare everybody around you. And, and that's right. And that's that's uh, that's you know your your point about the evolution of the business and the business cycle is is a critical element of this. We we start with people who are doers. They're good doers. They're good technicians. They're good salespeople. They're good financial people. Whatever. They're good themselves at doing something. Right. That doesn't mean that they know anything about leadership. Right. And and today we have a very interesting, in my view, split. We have people from 55 to 75, baby boomers, if I can call us that, running most of the businesses. And they're risk averse. They are status quo defenders. And the Gen X, Gen Z, and Millennials, let me call them under 45, that's 95% of the, the activity in America today. Right. And there's a disconnect between those two crowds. So the, the, the leaders, the boomers, they don't understand the generation that's coming up behind them. I don't know that they ever will. That might be a, a generational thing that goes back since the beginning of time. However, the generation that's coming up, the Zs, the Xs, and the Millennials, they're not going to stand for the status quo. They want to change things. That's right. That's right. And that requires a different kind of leadership, doesn't it? That's right. You know, years ago, you know, growing up, the gap between generations was very, very wide. And you can see decades before you start to see social trend changes, uh, social economical changes, behavioral changes. Today, that gap is very, very close, you know, and that forces especially business people to have to recognize that. And we can't treat all people the same way all the time. Uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, in the era of leadership development, you know, there were studies done in the 40s and 50s where they said that you could treat all the people the same way and you get the best results. Well, through a series of, you know, modeling and testing, they realized, well, that didn't work, you know. So they ended up with realizing that, you know, these it's situational based, that each situation dictates a specific response. Now, outside of that, there is still a pattern to follow. You know, that when you understand what that that broader based pattern is, you begin to understand how to influence those behaviors of those individuals. And that's the challenge is that, you know, my wife and I just had this discussion. You know, she was on to me because 
we're watching her favorite show, which I have to watch now, you know, so, mm-hmm. but I'm still reading. So I'm, I'm in midst of, and she said, what are you reading? I said, well, I told her, she said, you just can't get enough, can you? <laughs> and I said, hey, I'm, I'm just, I'm not dead yet, you know? So yes, I'm a constant learner. And there are some times where I meet owners that they quit learning years ago. They, they got started thinking about what their people need to learn. And they spend this mental time and energy upon how do I grow this department or how do I deal with this branch store? But they forgot about themselves. And I think that, you know, the fish rots at the head first. And I think it's so important that the business owner has a pathway that allows them to grow, to change, to evolve. Uh, because if they don't, you know, then that's impeding the organization. And that's no matter what size it is, it could be a, a billion dollar company to a you know $10 million, but it impedes the organization. You know, and it's hard to tell an owner sometimes, you know, the biggest obstacle in the business is you. You know, I mean it's pretty tough, you know, but sometimes they are. And it takes a I think a real courageous individual to recognize that amongst them within themselves and learn how to step aside, you know, and when they you know, as I say, they don't want, I don't, I don't want to see ego be their master. You know, we have to use our ego. We have to have that. It's a part of who are, who we are, but if that's how we manage people, if that's how we influence people, you know, we end up pushing people away from us versus drawing them near. And that's, you know, that, that's a, that's a, that's a big piece to the puzzle here. And that's partly why owners sometimes do get lonely is because we don't listen well, you know, we don't hear well, our ears shut off, uh, you know. The other part of that, I think, Floyd, that's, that is kind of, I'll give the owner an excuse. If they look up over the wall, they don't see where to go to have somebody that they can have confidence in that can help them. There aren't a lot of people out there aiming at an audience of owners to help them get better. We, we have a guy up in Edmonton by the name of Bruce Baker, who was an HR executive for a very large construction company in Canada dealership. And he now calls himself a, a, a business psychiatrist because he's he's got four or five guys that he in groups that he deals with. And until Bruce stuck his nose under the tent, there wasn't anybody in town that they could go to. And so now his, he's backlogged to the point that it's hard for me to get any of his time anymore, which is annoying. But so part of it is how do they know about Floyd Jerkins and what he can do and help them in, in their personal development? How do we identify the owners who are interested in personal development. Like you say, you're reading a book, you know, it's what I call lifelong learners. It's, this is a transition that's going on right now. I, I remember having a chat with my grandmother when she was 80, she was born in 1890, got a master's degree, could speak Greek and Latin, a very smart lady. And she taught her whole life. And I said, okay, granny, we should record you and I having a chat to talk about some of the things that you've seen over the course of your lifetime. And she said, Ronnie, it's nothing compared to what you've seen in your shorter lifetime. And at that point, I guess I was somewhere around uh, 25, 27. 
And, and it was true. And then the other thing that struck me recently was that in, in 2021, Gallup did a survey and found that men in America have 12.5 jobs over the course of their lifetime. Women have 12.1. And I came out of school in 1968, and everybody said to me, take your time because you're going to be there for the rest of your life. Now, that's a huge change. And then let me interfere a little bit with your, your thinking by saying that the owner is the only business person in the store who has his back to the customers. The conductor of an orchestra is the only one that is in a similar circumstance. If the owner has to get out and do anything, he's back in that one store, $10 million, whatever the number is, environment, and he'll never get beyond that. And maybe that's okay. But most of them have evolved, like you say, one store, one brand, multiple stores, multiple brands, yeah. 10, 20 people, 150 people. The world is different, babe. Yeah. Well, when you're, you know, when you're in a hot market, that's different than if you're in a, a business or in a market that you're having to push to make things happen. You know, and in these hot markets, it sometimes creates bad habits. Oh, but big yeah, time. Red, Revenue's growing, sales are happening. So, you know, it, to me, it's in those times is when we need to be very good at what we're doing and not be lazy. You know, managing growth is an art form and it requires you to, to have the proper vision because we want to have sustained growth. You know, I, I hate to see a company spike and, you know, go that's fatiguing to the culture of the business. I mean, just terrible on the people and, it's hard on systems and processes and the things you have to do to, to make it flow well. And I think, you know, owners have opportunities today. I mean, when I was coming up, Ron, we didn't have uh, the internet. You know, I mean, I drove 45 miles to a major university just to be able to sit down with young people and get, today you go on the internet and get that. But that's the, the challenge I think today for business owners is that there's too much information coming at us. Yep. Yep. You know, I mean, we got the manufacturers are pushing their programs. You know, you got trade associations, you got uh, industry public, I mean, you got all this stuff coming at you that, you know, you could spend every day just absorbing information and never get anything else done. So that's why in my coaching, you know, one of the first things that we try to do is I want to make sure we establish a learning pathway. You know, what, what's, what is our prescription? You know, because without that, we can talk about 187 different things. But at the end of our time period together, what did we accomplish? What did we implement? You know, I always say talk is cheap. You know, implementation is where we make money. You know, well, is money what's the motivator? You know, I've had some clients are on that. Their business is throwing off cash like you wouldn't believe. Mm -hmm. uh, they they're not working in the business anymore. They're working on something. I they've got it clicking, but they're not happy. You know, they're just not having fun. You know, so I had a guy that we spent about six months going through this, and he finally at the conclusion, he says he was too young to stop. You know, 47 years old, financially secure, you know. So guess what? He's, he's selling his operation now. And he and his wife, they're homeschooling their kids. They're just going to start living their life, you know? So like he sends me notes now telling me, you know, day 363 of my new life, you know, he doesn't regret selling. He doesn't, 
but he was so ingrained because he was second generation. He didn't want to disappoint his daddy, you know, but he realized what his dad wanted for. And I knew his dad and his dad wanted him happy no matter what that was. So I think a lot of business owners, you know, as I, I mentioned, if they're not having fun in the business, that's part of the privileges of being an owner, Ron. You know, as we should be able to define something that makes us happy. You know, but it's all, you know, all this leadership stuff that goes on today. And I've been around that for 40 years. It's about making everybody else happy. Well, that business owner has to make themselves happy, you know, because I think that's when we're at our best is when we're having fun. And what does it take to get there? You know, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, we produce 20 groups for 25 years in my consulting company. You know, and that's part of what we did. I started that from the very beginning. You know, we put, uh, I can I can remember being in Iowa and meeting with uh, all about 15 to 18 parts managers of these operations on day one. And then I'd bring in all their service managers, all their sales managers, all their bookkeepers. And I remember the owners at the last day, they say, Floyd, you know, if you didn't get our financials, how do you know anything about us? I said, well, let's go through the day now. Because after I've sat with your people, they told me everything about <laughs> your businesses all the time. And it was amazing how we can make so many radical improvements uh, by having these people meet together that were their peers. Now, for the owners, you know, over the years, that was always exciting to have the owner group come together. And we did a lot of their financial work. So it was but we actually had meetings where we didn't want to discuss financials because there's more to the business than just financial management. And everybody gets so caught up in the numbers, they forget that to me, there's financial, there's operations and human resources. And when we start talking about operational flows and the human resource side, oh, that would, I mean, the whole, the whole conversation would be totally different than when it's just financial based. But unfortunately, there is also, I think, a... Inside that 20 group, there's sometimes the, the atmosphere isn't conducive for many owners to really talk about their particular issues or maybe their struggles or, you know, sometimes there's real dominant players in there. And that more non-dominant, you know, owner isn't willing to put himself out there, you know, because there's some strong-willed people in the room you know, and even there, some of those strong-willed people sometimes would be, have a lot of bragging going on, but they have their issues, too, with what's going on in their operation of their life. And I think that's where I've been able to fill a void, you know, through my coaching because I'm working one-to-one. You know, I've got an extremely intense background in organizational psychology, organizational behavior, but I've got a very practical experience, you know, in operations management. I'm a whole run my own stores. I've been involved in the equipment side, you know, almost 25 years just doing consulting and training. That dealer development work, uh, I can go back and I can tell you exactly where that occurred. Uh, my stores are running good. Uh, I was asked by dealer development to go visit another store. I went to that store and thought, well, geez, these guys are missing these 12 things. So for two or three days, I just you know, and on the plane ride back, there was a gentleman I was sitting next to, and he said, uh, what do you do? I said, well, I own stores. I'm just out here working with dealer development. He said, so how much did they pay you to do it? And I said, well, they didn't pay me to do it. They just asked me because I'm good at it. And he went, huh. 
And I remember going, what the hell is that? You know, and I said, sir, explain that. And he said, son, he said, you've got more talent in your little finger. And he said, you, you got perverse management. He said, you know, you, they're using you. And I went, no, they're not. And I, you know, that whole conversation went to my, you know, I got off the plane. I tore up his card because he ticked me off. What the heck does he know? He doesn't know me. But boy, I can tell you what, it took me three days to finally go home and talk to my wife about it. She said, well, yeah, you do have, (laughs) you know, you have loyalty there. And that was a stimulus that said, oh, geez, you know, I mean, I've got to make sure I recognize, you know, am I really able to help someone? Well, I am. Well, how does, how does that make sense today? And that was a stimulus of me becoming a consultant because I felt like I could help a variety of business. I love the people. I love the business side, you know, so I didn't want to be a one owner store. I mean, you know, that is, after a while that got boring, you know, but working with multiple business owners, oh my gosh, Ron, you know, and I'm living on the beach today, but my passion to serve my insights, you know, it's, it's, as I've talked to you, I mean, you've accumulated 40, 50 years, and you're able to condense that knowledge today, that to me is, that's when we're at our best. I'm better today than what I was when I was 30. And I thought I was pretty good at 30. I I didn't, I didn't know my butt from a hole on the ground, you know, but my education came from listening to others and listening to the, the dealer owners and being part of their lives and listening and seeing what works for them. And, and that's been exciting run. I mean, that's, that's been exciting. Yeah, and to work with owners today in this capacity has been really, really enjoyable. The 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 skills that are required to coach or to mentor somebody are are hard to describe, and they're harder to acquire. The the what I call scars from the actual doing, then the curiosity to keep pushing the edge of the envelope. And then the empathy required to have a person share with you their most dark secrets, their biggest fears. That combination is very rare, which is why I believe a lot of the owners just suck it up and build a wall around themselves and hope they survive to the end of the period, whatever that is, whether it's a day, a lifetime or what. When as you say, we got to have fun. And if they are having fun, they're much more productive, effective, maybe let me, is a better word yeah. at, at what they do. And that's exactly the prescription that you're, you're presenting. So your purpose today, having been a, a dealer owner, having been a consultant, having been in training, have been in, being a student and lifelong learner, how do we get the word out that Floyd Jerkins is available for owners to provide them counseling, help, coaching, whatever? How, how do we get that done? You know, I think it's through forums like this, Ron. Um, you know, I started a website and I you know, wrote some content to put on there just to really give individuals that either don't know me or can't find out anything about me to kind of see a little bit of that thought leadership, but, you know, there's still, uh, still nothing better than just having that one-to-one conversation. And I think it's through that conversation that we begin to understand one another 
and we begin to understand, you know, I'm always very curious, you know, I want to know who you are and what your challenges are. And, you know, and then if I can help, you know, I'm pretty quick to tell you, yes, I can, but I'm also, I can't help in all instances. Sometimes what I offer isn't what you need. You know, um, there's a difference between consulting and coaching. Uh, there's a difference between consulting and training. And sometimes I have to explain that, you know, because I don't mind and I enjoy the consulting side, but sometimes you need, you know, if there's more width and depth that's needed, that's either something that I don't have the competency to do, or I don't have the desire to do today. You know, there's, there's a difference in that, but I'm also pretty good with identifying the resources in which I can make a recommendation. You know, I mean, I, Today, my focus isn't to sell services to support my company. It's not to sell services to support staff and trainers. You know, I mean, I'm an independent one-man show. You know, I'm doing this out of love and support and, you know, wanting to contribute and give back to, to people that have been there for me. And, we've, we've, uh, got, we've, we've got this podcast that we're doing and then the blog that we're going to put up next week on the evolution of business that you're you're um, fine-tuning at the moment we probably need to do a few more of these things to try and get it out there but there's there's um, there's almost a need for a questionnaire for owners 20 questions just to use a number um, what do you like about what you do? What don't you like about what you do? Right. What are you really good at? What do you need help with? You know, some, some, some things like that, that, and, and not everybody's going to answer, but yeah. when they do that introspection, they come to the conclusion that nobody is able to do this by themselves. And there's no shame right. in, in sticking your hand up and saying, gee, I need, I, I'd like some help. Hey, Floyd, what, what guidance can you give me? Well, I, I think that's a, you know, that's something I have found, Ron, is that if, you know, a dealer owner shouldn't feel like it's the sign of weakness when they want to reach out for help. You know, if you had, if you woke up in the morning, you had this big lump on the side of your throat, you'd probably go to the doctor. I mean, you know, if you didn't, well, shame on you. You know, there's, so in business, sometimes the owner gets caught up in, they're so busy, they can't take time to do this. And I think that's wrong. You know, I do. I mean, I carved out time religiously for my personal learning when I ran my companies, Ron, you know, and that's just what I had to do. If I didn't carve out the time, I didn't make it, you know, and then when I did it, it was always, I need to do more of this because now I can bring ideas back. Um, sometimes owners don't have a job description, you know, I mean, that's odd to say, you know, but sometimes they don't have a description so they can guide their plans and their thinking you know, and that's so important to do because an owner's got primary responsibilities, but yet sometimes are, you know, we get so involved with everybody else and, you know, who do I talk to about that? And that's, again, I think that's, 
I don't think that's a sign of weakness. I mean, no, I really not don't. at all. I think not, not at all. Not at all. And then go go a little bit further. No, they don't have a job description, but neither do they have performance criteria. You know, they're all going to say, "Well, my, I made more money. I I sold more. I I yeah. added people. I added a store. That's nothing." I mean, that's that's. Uh, I know of a, a couple companies that are doing three sixty valuations. And they're doing it up and down the chain, you know. And I mean, the owner is critiqued and evaluated just like everybody else. Now, I will also tell you that was painful to get started. And well, it's all it's, about misplaced, misplaced ego. Well, the you other know, part of that you don't is, want to it. yeah, the level of trust that, yes. that requires is astounding. Yes. You know, it, it mergers and acquisitions. You know, we've got that, and it's been in our DNA for at least through all my lifetime, it's easy to acquire. It's yeah. very difficult to merge. Creating yes. a culture, merging cultures, responding right. to the needs and wants of the generational things. We talked about at the beginning from boomers to Gen Z. My, my, right. my granddaughter is a Gen Z who's 20. And Gen Z was invented, named before the Zoom Software package. So it, I don't know how they got to Z. And I think you're calling the one, the next one, Generation Alpha. Somebody in Australia named it that. And I don't know what the devil criteria is behind that. But here's the owners. And we've all seen different people. Um, and, and we've got different models. And some of us have been lucky to have mentors. When did that need stop? Because owners stopped having mentors, counselors, guidance. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, and they can't talk to their wife about it. it and, and that's all due respect. You mentioned the comment that there never were women. Um, I've known two or three women that owned dealerships and they were brilliant people. Yeah. But half the brains on the planet, more than half the brains on the planet, belong to women. And what's the matter with us? I had a mechanic, yep. first mechanic hired at the Caterpillar Dealers in 1970, a woman. And you have no idea what problems that created because we didn't have separate bath yep. facilities, bathroom facilities. Yep. You know, yeah. stupid things, yeah. stupid things. Yeah. So yeah. so this, this, this coaching function, performance that you're doing or getting to with people, how do, how do we get people, we've got the blog coming up next week with you on the evolution of business. We've got this podcast that'll follow that. How, how do we proceed from here to get your word out to people that you're available as a resource? Other than the one-to-one -one that we talked about already, is there anything specific you'd like me to do to facilitate your business? I think, you know, if, if we just... Um... We do a few more of these podcasts, you know, because for us, it's uh, extremely unscripted. Oh, no question. You know? It just flows. It, yeah. It's just, it's just a natural flow. Um, you know, I, I'd like to continue to talk to owners through this type of a forum. Um, and I think if we can continue to talk about things that matter to them, then I think that'll help, you know, do what we both want to do, you know, um, you know, I've, I've challenged you on your side. I mean, all this educational opportunities, well, we need to have something for the dealer owner. 
You know, I mean, I really think so, Ron. You've got yeah, such yeah. a great platform and such a great, unique process going there that, you know, something that addresses owners, because if these good people attend your classes and they're stifled by going back because the culture isn't there or the systems aren't being allowed to be there and the owner group is stifling that, well, you know, I mean, we're spinning, you know, yeah. and it's, it's about implementation. For those of you that are listening to this, Floyd called my number about 10 days ago, two weeks ago, said, well, you don't have anything for owners. When are you going to put classes up there for the owners? As if I needed more work to do, you know, but <laughs> the, 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 the point, the points. Well, made. So, so yeah, let's make that commitment that we'll do one of these maybe every couple of weeks and, sure. and just evolve the subject matter. And perhaps Floyd, I'll, I'll put maybe have three or four of us on this discussion. Maybe Bruce Baker can come into it and, and talk about how he does things and, and just share a little bit of, of some of what goes on. Bruce is a very talented guy who started in South Africa and uh, went to Canada and, and got himself. Um, he's, he's an exceptionally smart and, and uh, intuitive man. So there's there's others like that, but yeah, let's let's do that, it, and um, maybe we put a bow on this one at this juncture. What yeah. what, what what do you think? Do you want I, to I would a... say let's take our next conversation, Ron, and let's talk about recruiting and retaining talent. Okay. Let's take a specific topic, and let's just let's just again unscripted. Let's just talk about that because I think that's affecting a lot of dealership owners today, and without their people, they really can't you know, run the business, but recruiting people is a tough subject today. Uh, I think retaining talent today is a tough one. You know, we can even talk about training talent, you know, and how to train them. I mean, there's, there's several different things within that, that topic that I think affect the dealer owner today. And maybe, maybe between us, we can offer some ideas or something there to, to help that along, um, you know, or at least just have the discussion. Let's do it. Let's let's uh, let's try and have one of those before the end of February, and I'll write a blog on it. Maybe you could write one too that we can have your perspective and my perspective, and then a discussion, and and sure. we'll we'll promote it a little differently. I'll I'll, I'll say okay on uh, just to pick an arbitrary date, February twenty fifth. Floyd and I are going to be talking about recruiting and training and developing and retaining talent. Uh, for those of you that are involved in ownership, you know that that kind of thing. Yeah. And just broaden the base a little bit. I, I think yeah. these are going to be extremely valuable for the owners and executives, not just the owners. And I have rather uh, strong feelings about the skills and abilities that you bring to the table, as as to be very helpful to people. As and I, I think that people will find that when they read your your blogs and, and when you hear the podcast and you promise to get me a new picture where the beard makes all the difference in the world, you know, <laughs> okay. I will get you a new picture. That's Lloyd, th thank you. Thank you very much for spending this thank time you, with sir. us today and, and talking about that. I believe very, very important subject. And to the people listening out there, thank you for um, following us and, and listening to another candid conversation. And we look forward to seeing you again in the near future. Mahalo, everybody. Have a great day. Mahalo. Thank you for listening to our podcast. 
We appreciate your support. Should you have any thoughts or comments, please don't hesitate to contact us at www.learningwithoutscars.com. The time is now. Mahalo.